Hi there. My name's Joshua, and I'm an accountant. And I'm Emily, and I'm a marriage and family therapist. On this podcast, we'll be talking about how to manage and organize your finances as a family. Every week, we'll offer practical advice and explore how our experiences impact the way we talk about money. This is Family Finances. Hi. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Family Finances. We are back. We've had a really crazy few weeks, and I feel like we've been saying that the past few episodes. But it has been a busy summer. It has been, yes. Um, I've had to be doing a lot of studying for my marriage and family therapy exam, which I finally just took yesterday, so... Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, but also now we have um, some more time in our schedule to do this. Yeah. I mean, I've also been busy. I finally applied for the CPA license, Woo-hoo! so finally got all my credentials. It took me... It, it And it was, you know, it was my own fault. I just, you know, kept putting it off and putting it off, so... Well, you know, here we are. And we both kind of, um, we were both on certain, I guess I'll say career paths. Um, yeah. You were, you came out of college with your accounting degree and were working towards your CPA, working in a public accounting firm. I was in graduate school for my marriage and family therapy degree. And the plan was just to, you know, start working right after that and get my hours and get licensed right away. Yep. Um, and we both took a detour. We both. Yeah. <laughs> like we a, were like 99% there. I, I, well, I'm certainly not 99%, okay. but I you was. were close. <laughs> yeah. I was. And um, we took a detour. And it's funny just how life works, but here we are back on those paths and really yeah. excited about that. You know, we, we like what we do. And so, yeah, we're excited to to get back on that path yeah no for sure for sure so go ahead oh i was just gonna say something that we have become very familiar with um because of our degrees is debt yes nice great segue good segue yeah thank you um and so we want to start talking about debt we're gonna do a few episodes just to break it up so that they're nice manageable chunks no one wants to be talked out about debt for no (laughs) um that just makes me think of um our college if you borrowed money they required you to attend like a seminar i forgot about that that's (laughs) right like pnc bank was terrible i didn't get anything out of it no it was stupid except maybe a notebook (laughs) yeah maybe got a pen or something i used and i think they advertised their credit card Oh, I bet they did. Oh, they definitely did. That's right. Wow. Wow. That just throwback. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry, everyone. I'm just like caught off. I, that caught me off guard. Like a like a whole like thing of memories just came flooding back. Anyways, freshman Joshua. Freshman yeah. Joshua. Wow. That was wow. Good times. <laughs> so we're gonna start with just um, some general information about debt. Um, even if you have debt, you might think that you kind of understand what it is that you're dealing with. Um, yeah. But it's it's its own beast, and it so it is a beast. Um, we want to break it down. So, Joshua, what is debt? But what is debt? Um, it's actually pretty simple. Debt is basically any amount of money that you owe over uh, a period of time, uh, and I would kind of define a period of time as pretty much anything over uh, past one month due. 
right? Mm-hmm. So I don't count like next month's rent as like debt. Sure. I just count that as as a bill. But if I got one month behind in my rent, then I would count that as debt because mm-hmm. now I owe you know additional money back. Mm-hmm. Um, so that pretty much includes <laughs> anything you can think of: credit cards, student loans, cars. a home mortgage, cars. Um, your cell phone, like if you're paying like for a phone over mm. a year or two, that's debt. Um, that's a sneaky one, isn't they, it? They really do get you. I don't you. think about that one, but um, I'm still paying off my phone. So That's exactly <laughs> right, yeah. Um, or what are those things called? What's the, the, the common payment method now? Uh, buy now, pay later. That's debt. Oh, yeah. Um, or like those like interest-free loans or something you can pay off for like things online. That's debt. So really, they just sneak that into pretty much every single part of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and lots of people don't know about it. Um, but everyone, we kind of, we wanted to kind of learn a little bit more about kind of some, some kind of up-to-date, you know, debt or, you know, personal finance trends uh, that are going on right now um, in America. Uh, so we kind of, we went online, we found some really cool statistics on youngandtheinvested.com on some kind of, um, some 2022 personal finance mm-hmm. trends. Uh, and we kind of pulled some that we thought were really, really interesting. Um, so Emily, what do you want to kind of talk about some of the first ones here? Yeah. So, um, something that really stood out to us, um, is that that 30% of American adults income goes towards paying off debt. So we wanted to give you kind of a a tangible number. So if your combined household income is $60,000 a year, that means that you are paying $20,000 of your income to debt. Yeah. And to be clear, that doesn't include mortgage debt. So that's 30% of non-mortgage debt. Yeah. So uh, school, uh, credit card, car. Yeah. Um, Yikes. And, and that's kind of when you put it into that tangible number of that means every year I'm paying $20,000 to someone else. Versus, think of what you could do with $20,000, yeah. you know? Just think. Um, do anything with it, it be yours. Yeah you, could, yeah, you could do anything. And that's, again, the point of kind of financial freedom, in a sense, right? Is that yeah. you get to choose what you do with all of your income. Exactly. Well, going off of that, our next one that we pulled, you know, it, it, it hinders your ability to buy things. Um, but 29% of Americans report delaying significant purchases because of debt. Um, so that could be buying a new car, purchasing a new home. Uh, I mean, it could be anything you want going on a vacation. It could be, we've had a crappy old bed for years and years and years, but we just can't find the money to invest in, you know, a bed that isn't falling apart. Right. Like just, you think of those things that are even day to day that if you had, as, as we've talked about that, that extra, not extra income, um, but surplus of income yeah right what's left over after you pay your um, basic expenses and um you don't get to choose what to do with it if you have debt it has to go there um and now you do still get some um choice over it right and and we'll get into you know but a lot of people are on some kind of payment plan where yep you just have to make a minimum payment and and that's a choice right especially if that's all that's available or possible for you um you also have the choice to pay more than the minimum yeah um and we'll talk about the benefits and you know all the pros and cons of that um this one is these these next two are just kind of mind-boggling so collectively 
Americans have 1.54 trillion, yes, that's trillion dollars, in outstanding student loan debt. Uh, and they also have $841 billion in credit card debt. I, just yikes. I, to be honest, I hear numbers like that, and it washes right over me because I cannot even comprehend that number. You know, it's so, so huge. I'm trying to think how many zeros are in trillion. And I, I just, don't know. I can't, it, the fact that it's too many for me to even think yeah. is just visualizes how big yeah. of a number that is. And I think what that highlights here, right, because again, for me, I'm thinking about if I were to hear that statistic, I... You know, I know how it's impacting me personally, but I think that just gives you the scope of how big of a problem this is currently and really how many people are dealing with this. Um, I think, you know, you're going to focus on your own finances, of course, but if you look to the people around you, you know, I... I think I can probably count on one hand the number of people I know who aren't struggling with some kind of debt or just have debt, right? It's a part of their life. It's really a part of modern America. Um, and yeah. it's and it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, Americans have about four credit cards. Uh, why? <laughs> so, yeah, I um, and that's, again, something to think about. Not only are you having to, you know, make payments on these, but you're having to keep track of these different cards. Yeah. Um, well, I wonder if I mean, I don't know why, you know, people have four credit cards. Maybe they're running them up and therefore they need more credit cards or maybe I don't know. Yeah. And for some people, you know, this is also a reality for some people. They're not able to, um, n- you know meet all of their basic expenses with their income, right? Yeah. And I think that's where credit cards come into play as well. And yeah. that's where it's it's really, I think, heartbreaking and devastating because yeah. sometimes people are using those credit cards because they can't pay for the things they need to with their own income because um, they're not being paid enough or, yep. you know, whatever the case may be. They kind of use that as like a security thing or like for, you know, those significant purchases that come mm-hmm. up unexpectedly. Well, and then the trick though, right, is, and we're going to get into this too, um, if you do go behind or if you don't pay it all off immediately, um, not only do you still have to pay that money, you also have to pay extra in yeah. interest and people get hooked there, yeah. right? That's, That's where, where you hear you. these really just terrible stories of people just drowning in credit card debt. Yeah. Um, because... It's just not, it's not a nice system. No, Um, not very forgiving. (laughs) No. And so, you know, again, all of this, what we are thinking about, and especially within the context of what is our podcast about, it's, it's, you know, you being able as a, as a family to manage your own finances and make decisions and also modeling and teaching this for your family, whether that's, you know, siblings or children. Um, And one other statistic, and this one really stood out to me, is that 61% of Americans believe that their parents are a vital influence in managing their finances. So that is a big percentage of Americans who think that their parents are one of their biggest sources of information on how to manage money. Hmm. And And it really makes you think, Again, what are they seeing from me? What are they learning from me? Do I understand finances enough to be able to instruct them in this way? Right. Um, and and something, uh, just to lead to the last kind of one that we pulled, um, if it's not coming from parents, right, 
or family, where is it coming from? And then uh, the statistic, only 52% of Americans report having had personal finance education in K through 12 or college. Yikes. Yeah. And, and you know, it's it, where you see a lot of gaps there, right? Yeah, where are people learning it? If they're not learning it at school and they're not learning it from their parents, mm-hmm. does that mean they're just not learning it? And I think for a lot of people, that's the case, right? That's why um, we want to make financial literacy something that's available yeah. and possible. Uh, and I think even, you know, thinking of people who've had personal finance education, I had a personal finance class in the eighth grade. Nice. Okay, so. In, I didn't. Sorry, in the seventh grade. Well, let me tell you, in the seventh grade, <laughs> here we go. Emily counting her quarters. <laughs> um, we had, uh, you switched classes every like six weeks. So it was like a rotational thing. So okay. you went through wood shop and electrical shop and graphic design. Well, and that's cool. It was cooking and sewing, and then a class that we called baby class. I, I'm assuming it was some form of home economics, but we didn't call it that <laughs> because you took home a robot baby, and we, you learned a little bit about finances, maybe. Um, Fascinating. And I think what we learned was how to write a check. Yeah. <laughs> That's what stuck with me. And also a CD account. Oh, that's very specific. Yeah, I don't know. That one stuck Yeah, it's very random. Because it had an example of a woman put like $100 into her CD account, and when she was 80, she had all this <laughs> She money. earned $1. Exactly. Anyway, so, <laughs> so all this is to say, it certainly doesn't cover things like, no. should I take on student debt to go to college, or how much money do I need to be able to pay for an apartment yeah. or house or basic right. expenses? So it's a it's a big area that I think we could see a lot of improvement in. Yeah, exactly. Well, that kind of leads into kind of the next little section that we wanted to talk about here. Um, you know, people, you know, half of Americans don't have a personal finance education. Um, and so many people aren't getting it from their parents. You know, where are they learning that? If they're not, you know, there's so many terms um in personal finance that people use every day that they probably just don't even know anything about um so i wanted to kind of just walk through some common um terms that you're going to see associated with debt or with loans uh, and kind of talk about them a little bit um emily feel free to kind of give me some some questions if i'm not explaining things Mm. super well or if you kind of want to highlight something but i have a a short list here of things uh that are commonly associated uh, with uh, debt if you ever take out a loan. So the first one is an interest rate. Um, and an interest rate is always stated on uh, the loan. Uh, and I'm going to use an example of 5% because that's a nice even number. Um, let's say you take out a loan for $100 and it has an interest rate of 5%. An interest rate is basically the cost that to the borrower for borrowing that money. Mm-hmm. So it's the amount that the borrower has to pay in order to get that $100. So if it's a 5% interest rate, that means it's going to cost you $5 to get that loan. So you're not going to pay $100. You're going to pay $105 for that $100. Mm-hmm. It's very, very, it's, it's, it's a little confusing at first, um, but it makes sense. And that's a very kind of simplistic example to give um, because, and this leads into the next topic, mm-hmm. um, Compounding interest. So, in the previous example, I said you had $100 at 5%, and then it would be $105. Well, that's true um, if it compounds 
only once. Um, but interest can compound. And when I say compound, um, it, I, I basically mean it increases. It kind of, the interest then accumulates on itself. Mm-hmm. So after, if it compounds monthly, that means the next month, it's going to be 5% added to that $105. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then you're going to end up with something like $112 or something like mm-hmm. that, um, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the times it compounds annually. Um, so then it would just be you know $105 after the first year, then $112 after the second year, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, and that's kind of where it really gets you. If, if you leave debt for a long time and don't start mm-hmm. paying it down, it's that compounding interest that really just starts to increase and increase because the longer you let it go, the longer it accumulates, the more it keeps increasing. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I think the key thing to to, to latch on to there is that um, whenever it compounds again, like Josh said, monthly, annually, whenever, um, it's not going off of that first basic loan rate no. amount, right? No. It's not going off $100. So like he said, if, if you've let it go long enough that, you know, interest is building up to $150, it's going to be 5% of $150. Exactly. Tack that onto your total. And then you can see how, well, that's a bigger number. The same percentage yeah. is going to add on a larger and larger amount. Um, and that's how you look at a loan amount and go, what happened here, right? Well, that's what happens. And you see lots of these stories recently, especially when it comes to student loan debt, where um, people have taken out lots of student loan debt and have not been able to pay it back. Mm-hmm. So they just left it, and then they open it up a few years later, and it's almost doubled in in size because that interest just keeps accumulating over time. I have a question, and let me know if you think this is a good spot for this or if you'll address this later on. Okay. But I think um, there's when people are paying down on their debt, sometimes you have a choice mm-hmm. on a loan yeah. if you should pay um, the base amount, right? Okay. The amount you paid, yep. you you asked to borrow, $100. Yep. Or if you if you or if you should pay off the interest. So no, I understand what you're saying. That's a good question. Um, and that does that actually is a, is a pretty good uh, place to talk about this. The minimum minimum payment that's due. The you have to be careful when you think about the minimum amount that you can pay back because let's say your minimum. Let's take that hundred dollar loan at five percent, and let's say your minimum payment is four dollars well after the interest has accumulated it would be 105 dollars and if your minimum payment's only four dollars it's going to bring that balance down to 101 dollars so it doesn't actually pay off any of the actual loan it's just paying off some of the interest and that's also another place where they really get you especially in credit card debt in credit card debt you'll see that minimum balance due and you can keep paying that minimum balance for the rest of your life because you will never, ever, ever um, be paying anything down on the principal. It will always just go to interest. Principal is the word I wanted. Thank principal. you. Principal. Principal is the amount of the actual loan. Right. So not any of the interest. $100 in, exactly. our, in our example. Exactly. And don't credit card um, credit cards have a, have a much higher interest rate. Oh, they average typically. anywhere from like 15 to 25%. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's, truly, it's truly astounding, the, the interest rates they tack onto those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so next, let's talk a little bit about something. And, and if you, again, I'm, I, I speak a lot in student debt um, 
because I'm familiar with it, but yeah. um, when you initially uh, signed up to borrow an amount for a student loan, yep, you probably saw or hopefully are aware of your loan term, yeah. right? So they let you sign up for, um, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, um, at what at what your interest rate could be. Yep. Um, within you know they have their options, and over how many years. Yep. You have to pay it back. Yep. Um, and something that always surprises me, and we'll walk through this example in a moment, is um, basically if you have a shorter loan term, mm-hmm. your payments per month or whenever you have to make a payment are going to be higher. Correct. But you are going to pay that debt off and pay less money mm-hmm. than you would if you said, you know what, give me the really low monthly payment. And I'll just be paying this for 30 years. Um, Correct. Because by the time 30 years has gone by, oh, gosh. how much interest has has tacked on it? And we'll walk through an oh, example. Yeah. Um, but so anything well, else to say about loan term? Or- yeah. Uh, in addition to that, you're correct. Spot on. Um, but often with loan terms, they typically offer lower interest rates um, with lower loan terms. So typically, if you have the option of a five-year loan, um, they'll give you something like a 5% interest rate. Um, but if you choose like a 15-year term, you know, that interest rate might be 7%. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of, you know, there's kind of two, you know, double jeopardy there. Um, if you kind of choose the shorter term, you're paying less, less in interest over time and you're paying a less um, a smaller interest rate as well. So they typically um, get you in that. They try to get you with that minimum amount due. So you see that lower, you know, mm-hmm. monthly payment. And that's where they really try to get you because that's where they make more money, actually. Yeah. And and somehow, you know, I think I think there's a lot of psychology that goes behind it, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that people see that lower number and that is like, oh, obviously, right. I want the lower number, right? Um, but uh, truly, if you do that whole... And if I take 30 years to pay this off and the amount of interest, blah, 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 you see these crazy things that are like people pay thousands of dollars more than their principal balance they borrowed Yeah, because it just went up and up and up and up. Next week, next week, we're going to do some cool examples. I'm going to try to post a a really cool, I have this really super nerdy like Excel (laughs) spreadsheet that basically has so many different ways in which you can pay off debt. Um, it's truly fascinating. I'm going to try to make it available to you guys to, 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 um, to use because um, it really is just super useful. Um, but I wanted to close out this episode by talking about just a few ways or a few common things that people promote um, for um, getting out of debt. Uh, and there's a couple, of, a couple of ways and a couple of uh, kind of hot topics that people will mention, kind of some buzzwords that people mention when trying to get out of debt. First one I want to talk about is debt consolidation. Um, now, debt consolidation, I'll just say right off the bat, is not an effective way to get out of debt. The only thing debt consolidation does is it takes, if you have like four or five loans, let's say you have um, like four or five student loans, you know, you have one over the, this lender, one over that lender, two over somewhere else, whatever. Um, all that does is it takes all of those loans and it kind of puts them all together under one lender. Mm-hmm. And so then you don't have like four or five, you know, monthly payments. You have one payment, lump sum mm-hmm. payment that pays all of them. Um, 
I, it's not an effective way to get out of debt. The only thing it does is it helps you organize your debt a bit easier. Yeah, but manage you're gonna, how you pay for it. Yeah, and you know, having it all come out on the same day, maybe that's helpful. But it's going to get you out of debt on the exact same day. It's going to have no effect um, on, on when you pay that off. Mm-hmm. So debt consolidation can be a really useful thing if you're struggling to keep track of all of your debt, if you're struggling to manage it all. Um, it can be a really effective way to kind of help you kind of uh, organize your finances, organize your life a little bit, maybe just kind of rein in a little bit of that control wherever you can. Um, but that's really the only thing that debt consolidation is going to help you to do. And how does that compare to refinancing? Ah, a good question. So <laughs> refinancing is when you take that loan and another lender will offer to give you uh, a smaller interest rate. So refinancing mm-hmm. is taking your existing loan. Let's say you have $100 at 5% and you go to another lender and they say, yeah, you can take that loan. We'll take that loan and give you an interest rate of 4%. percent mm-hmm. Um, so then in the long run, you don't pay, you know, 5% interest, you're paying 4% interest. Uh, and it can be a good thing if you're spending, uh, it can be a really good thing if you have like a home mortgage. Um, a home mortgage is a really good example. That's typically where people find the most benefit in refinancing. Um, sometimes there can be costs associated with refinancing. So sometimes you have to do an analysis to see is the interest that I save going to be more than the amount that it costs mm. me to refinance. Um, so there's there's some kind of nuances there. Um, but we refinanced some of your student loans mm-hmm. uh, maybe about a year ago or so. And we also kind of consolidated them as well. You yeah. had like three loans, all with different interest rates. Uh, and we kind of took all three of them to a different lender mm-hmm. who consolidated them and refinanced them to a much lower rate, actually. Yeah. Um, and the... It, it definitely saved us a good amount in interest. Yeah. And so that's where, you know, it's, you just have to, like, if you're interested in it, you need to shop around and look really yeah. carefully at it. Yeah. Um, and a ser- really just for the, the convenience of having one payment, you know, that was really helpful. Yeah. Um, just for managing. So um, other ways, really, you know, how do you get out of debt? you pay it off. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And so I think now we're going to talk about just two ways. um, And we didn't come up with these, right? These exist um, um, of a plan for how to pay off that debt. Yes. I'm going to add just one really, really quick thing. This is not, not sponsored by them, but a really good website to use for refinancing is splash financial, not, not sponsored by them at all. Um, But there's a really, really useful uh, website where you can input all of your information and they will shop around at lots of different lenders and give you options for different rates to refinance with different loan terms um, to we use them. They're super helpful. Um, and uh, it's a really effective way to, if you're wanting to refinance and if your loans uh, go to splash financial, because they were really useful. Yeah. Um, but yes. So to your question, there are some really common uh, good methods that you can use to pay off debt quicker. Um, I will say it's not easy to mm-hmm. do um, because it takes a lot of money to pay off debt. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have $50,000 in debt, you've got to pay, you know, over $50,000, yeah. the principal and the interest. Um, but there are some really useful uh, kind of plans that you can use in order to pay off debt. I'm going to talk about two that I think are the best right now. Mm-hmm. And then next week, I'll talk about a couple of other different plans and kind of walk through kind of what it actually looks like. 
The first one is um, the debt snowball. Okay, so this is actually, so this is like Dave Ramsey, right? This mm-hmm. is his big thing. It's the debt snowball, where what he, what, what it is, is it pay, you pay off your loans from the smallest amount to the largest amount in that order, okay? So let's say you have a couple of loans and the smallest one is worth $1,000 and the other one is $5,000 and then the other one is $10,000. What you would do is you would list all three of those in that order and any extra money you had, you would throw at the loan that was $1,000. Mm-hmm. You just attack it. You would throw everything you have at it. And then when you pay that off, you take that loan you take the minimum amount that you were paying on it and you roll that over then into the $5,000 mm-hmm. one and so on and so forth. So then you pay off the $5,000 yeah. one. Then you take that minimum payment and you start paying off the $10,000 yeah. one. So it's kind of a snowball effect where it starts to kind of, you kind of take it slow, it's slow, then it starts to pick up speed and it just keeps picking up speed as it kind of rolls down that hill. And I think a big part of his, his advocacy for that as well, besides just the financial piece, is um, emotionally you feel like you're getting a victory, right? Every time you sure. pay off a loan, you feel yeah. like, yes, this is so exciting. We did it. And it motivates you it to happens go to us. It happens anytime, to us. Anytime we pay off a loan, it is the most exciting thing. It's, it's the just, most exciting it's thing. It's so thrilling. And so it motivates people. And right, like it's it's starting with quote unquote small steps. Yeah. And and you just keep moving. And, and the big piece, as Josh said, is you don't then go, oh, thank goodness we're done with that loan. We can take that you know, 100 minimum payment and do something fun with it. No, no. you know, just act as if it's still going, <laughs> because it is still going to that. Um, and it really can pack a punch, you know, as you just keep applying that on. Yeah. Um, the next method, which is kind of like the more aggressive. Oh, it's very similar to the it's snowball. Similar. And it's called, it's called the avalanche method. Ooh, snow metaphors. Yeah, really? I don't know where the snow <laughs> metaphors came from. Um, someone somewhere. But we're rolling with it. Okay. <laughs> like a snowball. Nice. You can't actually see her, but she is so pleased with the joke that she just told. Um, so the, <laughs> the debt avalanche um, doesn't list them smallest to largest in terms of amounts. What it does is it orders them uh, by their interest rate. So you pay off the highest interest rate first um, and then the smallest interest rate last. And... The avalanche is really effective if you are, if you're already on board, like you are going to pay off all of your debt and you don't really struggle with motivation. It can be really effective Mm -hmm. for you um, because what can happen is you don't get those quick wins like you do in the snowball um, because oftentimes, you, you, you know, you're not, you're kind of disregarding what the loan amount is. You're just looking at the interest rate. So, you know, if your first loan is, you know, worth $20,000, that might take you a couple months to pay yeah. off. You know, it's going to take you a long time to kind of see that progress. Um, but in the long run, it does, pay, it does, you know, mathematically it pays off debt faster um, because debt is not accumulating as much and your money is, is going to um, debt more effectively. Yeah, it's hacking the debt off that interest rate <laughs> yeah, before seriously. it can get you, right? Because you're trying to knock out these high interest rates so that they're not racking up a bunch of extra money you have to pay. Um, And this is actually, um, this is where we're going to end for today, but we actually started with the snowball method um, and then switched to the avalanche method. And I think we've been really pleased with that. We have, Um, yeah. And something I'm sure we're going to do once this is all done 
I'm sure Josh will run the numbers. He runs the numbers all the time. I sometimes do. just walk over and he's like, I just ran the numbers. Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> Guys, my spreadsheet is so cool because I can like adjust anything and I can see exactly the effect that it's going to have in the long run. Like he can go, if we paid 10 more dollars, that's a small, right? But, like, but I can. But he can. If we paid 10 more dollars each month, using, we would pay, yeah, yeah using... And then the spreadsheet goes pew, 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 pew. And then it tells you, hey, you'll be done paying off all your debt on, on this month. It's um, really cool. Guys, I'm going to try to get it available to you by next week so you can use it. Because I, it seriously is the most helpful thing I've ever built. And it's really neat. Um, I, it is cool. I'm, we're trying to hype it up because it's actually that exciting. Because you can put in numbers and see... Hey, if I if I go along just paying my minimum balance, I could finish paying this off in 20 years. Or if I really hustled, right? If I worked really hard and you know in our case, we be you know, we've done some side hustling yeah. things for extra income, you know, if we can add to that spare income we have and mm. put it towards debt and when we see that timeline get shorter and shorter, it is so exciting it's so cool it's yeah. so cool and we want that for you too we yeah. want you to feel like whatever your plan for it is whatever your financial position right because we understand for different reasons you may not be able to do a ton extra yeah but it's that it's your plan and you know what's happening and you're steering the ship that's what we want for you mm. preach it emily <laughs> that was great that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get yourself a hype man like Josh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think that's everything we wanted to cover today. So we're so glad that we were able to do this again. We'll be back with you next week with some uh, some really cool stuff in the works. Yeah. In the meantime, your homework would be find out how much debt you have. Pull out all your little loan sheets. And just do get it, ready. guys. Just add it up. Just do it. It's okay. Life will go on. I remember the first time that I did it. It scared me. But there you go. All right, you guys have a great week. Bye. Bye. Hi there. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to hear more about managing your finances as a family, please subscribe and listen to our weekly episodes. Thanks for listening.